On this episode of Delivering Marketing Joy, we talk with Roger Burnett from Social Good Promotions about what it's like to build a business around doing good. Hey there, and welcome to another edition of Delivering Marketing Joy. I'm your host, Kirby Hossman, and joining me today is a repeat guest. He's been on the show several times. I'm excited to have him back. It's Roger Burnett. He's with Social Good Promotions. Roger, thanks for joining me, man. Every time you ask, I say yes, sir. So we must be doing something right. <laughs> man, I do appreciate that. I do. Um, as someone who puts it out a show every week, when you say yes, it helps me out too. So it's it's good stuff all around. So thank you. Um, I want to talk about this new company you started, the Social Good Promotions, around doing good in the world around uh, branded merchandise. You know that I, I love that. So how has this new startup been going and what's been the response so far to the concept? Invariably, people like to reduce other people to lowest common denominator when mm-hmm. they're trying to figure out what it is you do. Sure. So to- So to take what is already a somewhat mysterious and complex industry that is the promotional products industry and then add an additional layer of complexity by having to explain that we don't just sell all of that stuff, we sell it in a very specific and curated kind of way, has forced me to have to be very succinct in the ways that I'm trying to connect with people. So what we oftentimes find ourselves doing is trying to uh, continuously refine the little one minute commercial of what is it that you do. And for instance, like I'll tr- I'll throw out the, do you buy Tom shoes or do you buy Nike shoes? Right. And, and if someone says I buy Tom shoes, I say, well, imagine if Tom shoes model applied in the promotional products industry and the products that you bought for your business also had that same component as Tom shoes do. That typically some variation of that is usually what resonates with people. It's, mm. At least at this point, most people have some semblance of understanding of what the Tom Shoes model is. Right. I'm grateful to them. Thank you, Tom <laughs> Shoes, for having done that for me. Helps lend a little bit of ease to the, what can be the difficult discussion. So once we get to the what it is we do, the response is extraordinarily positive. And most of the time, Kirby, it's interesting. It's um, it may not necessarily always be the idea that the person wants to buy a product with a give back attached to it. Mm-hmm. For many people, the idea of the fact that there's a company like ours that's out there in the marketplace doing good work in the community is enough mm-hmm. for people. That, that in and of itself is enough, but then there is always that added layer of, oh, you mean then we could take this down to the product level as well. Yeah, so so response would be good. That's good to hear. And I think that makes sense. I mean, you and I have talked separately that uh, having brand purpose is a huge piece of marketing. So I, I'm curious, because this is new and because it's a startup, what what do you think, by new, It's you've been doing it a little bit. So what have you learned so far that, whether it's surprised you or or, or not, what, what's, what are some of the lessons you've learned? It's still glassware, headwear, writing instruments, bags, it's all the same stuff it's always been. Mm-hmm. And, and even in those discussions with suppliers who want to then, once we sort of explain what it is that we're doing from a business model perspective, 
the question invariably then turns back to, well, what, what can we as a supplier do for you? And my answer is the same as everybody else. It's be fast with your quotes, be really good with your uh, artwork and virtuals, and give me ideas that fit with what I just told you as my go-to-market strategy, and we're going to be great. Right. So, so in a lot of ways, once you sort of get past the, are we in alignment with what we believe, we go back to being very much the same as everybody else who's doing the blocking and tackling of a promotional products distributorship on a day in and day out basis. So it sounds like it really one of the things is really the, the job for you is to, to find customers that align with your purpose. And once you've got that, then it's really just the same, a similar conversation, right? Yeah, especially at this stage of the game, given how new we are, you know, I anticipate there'll come a day where as our clients who understand this model become more sophisticated at it, that the nature of the work that we'll do for them will become more interesting and complex mm -hmm. and unique. But right now, it's mostly just getting people comfortable with the idea of the fact that they can align this kind of purchase with that kind of organizational value. Just the notion that they're able to get to that gate oftentimes is a really momentous step forward for both them and us, really. Oh, that so, makes sense. Yeah, so it's a lot of fun watching people get to the gate and, and make that realization of like, okay, like I'm starting to get that now, but like I said, I can't wait for the day when the phone rings and it's somebody on the other end of the line having an idea for a program that is something that they've thought up as opposed to it being me constantly kind of having to be the engine for that. Yeah, I think that's that's something that I talk about in, in, in our industry anyway. I always talk about a 12 to 18 month cycle regardless of your component that is that it takes that long before you start to get those repeat calls where people are calling you for the project um, because they know you're an expert. It just takes some time to, to build that credibility. So that, I th that actually makes sense and is consistent, I think with what I've experienced. Um, so that's interesting. So yeah. The other thing I know about you is you've had the opportunity to just like train and grow sales teams. And I, I yeah. find it interesting that you're, you're now, Hey, you know the material, but now you're the lead guy. What's been the most eye-opening for you as the as the sales guy? Nobody cares. <laughs> Nobody cares. Like you, you could have like if if I walked around with like a trading card that had sort of my career statistics on them with respect to what I've done, right? I I have the confidence that comes with that accumulation of knowledge and experience and time in the industry and training and all of those things. And until I'm able to get through to the person on the other side of the transaction, they don't care. They don't right. care. They right. just don't care. And that's fine. It's very humbling. It's mm. very, it's a great reminder of you aren't anything other than what that person thinks you are. Mm. And until you've given them the opportunity to see you as something more than nothing, you're nothing. <laughs> and, oh, man. and it's a great sort of resume be damned. If you won't go get in front of a person and talk to them, the likelihood of them finding you by accident or on purpose is very likely, unlikely. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I always remember the quote I heard early on where it's like, there's no money behind your desk. Stop <laughs> right. looking there. Right? <laughs> like, go well, see the people. I mean, especially with sort of this, wholesome go-to-market approach, I 
it's almost like I have to look at prospecting more like spreading the gospel mm. than necessarily being solicitous. Right. And there's a longer story that I, I give that is a part of kind of what we talk about, which is I was raised to believe that salespeople inherently are evil. Mm. So I have this internal conflict that I have to overcome, which is not feeling like I'm being intrusive when in reality, if someone were to just spend some time listening to what it is that we're doing, it has a way of really having an effect on their business. And I need to have the confidence to be able to, mm. to ha- share that with people. Yeah, no, absolutely. And again, I think that comes with repetitions. It's just, I, I, I compare it to fitness sometimes. It's like when you first start working out, everything hurts. Right. And then you get stronger and you get stronger. And all of a sudden you're like, what was I doing before this? Right. Like, yeah. and yeah. so, um, well, that's cool, man. You've answered my three questions. I give everybody a chance to ask me a question. I know you always like to surprise me. So uh, <laughs> what, uh, what question do you have for me this week? Well, I, I don't know exactly when we're going to publish this one, right. but we, as we record this, this is the early part of November. Right. And knowing Kirby Hassaman to run 12 game years. I know that you're in game 11 of a 12 game season. And when you're at game 11 in the 12 game season, you have some understanding of how your season is going to finish. Right. And so when it comes to your season as it's about to finish and you consider that end, what what's going to be the thing you're going to be like, hell yeah about and what do you think is going to be the thing that are like uh, I, we could have done a little bit better there like what are those two things well that's a good one um so i think we're now a year into doing print in-house um okay. so we started doing we got the machine in november of last year we really started doing the print in december um i think at this point i don't know that i'm hell yes about it but i'm definitely like yeah that's that All was right. a, a piece of um that's not only driving revenue to a degree, but it's also just making one of our big things is to be completely full service. We want yep. to be a video, social media, all that stuff. So we literally, yep. um, I think that's a big piece. Um, we're, we're on pace for over 20% growth. So that's, that's kind of a hell yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. And, uh, then, you know, we have had a little bit of turnover from staffing perspective, actually just this week, uh, oh. one of, one of my team members left and, you know, they've got a new gig and so that's great. And so with each change like that, I am, I try to be really introspective and cognizant of what I do next. I don't want to just do the same thing I've done in the past. And so I'm really looking at the next hire and how Mm. I want to, do I want to do the same? Uh, You know, we've had sort of the video person. Do we do that again? Do we um, find it? it. Yeah. And do different stuff. Yeah. yeah. And so honestly, that is something I'm, I've literally got papers all over my desk that you can't see. And I'm, that's, that's what's kind of all over my mind right now. So, um, and that's both, uh, but it's also kind of fun. It's like a puzzle to put together. And so, yeah, so, so that's, is that, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, no, you got it, man. That's good stuff. It's, I think it's a unique insight for people to get a chance to, to like the brain of Kirby when you're <laughs> often the one asking other people stuff. So yeah, that's cool. get a sense of where you're at in this stage of the, the, the calendar oftentimes is interesting. So yeah. thank, thank you for your answer, sir. I appreciate it. That's, that's awesome. Thanks for doing this, Raj. And uh, we'll have to do it again, okay? You bet. All right. That's going to wrap up this edition of Delivering Marketing Joy. We'll see you next time. 